0: You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of SplatterPictures.net. What's up, everybody, Wes? Dead Air Night here with. Always. Typical Lydia. Today's show, we're going to be doing the 2005 Undisputed Classic, The Descent.
1: It is an undisputed classic. I mean, there's nothing really quite like it. Oh, except the ritual, which we'll be covering next week, which is a <laughs> hell of a lot like it. And the more I see it now that I've seen them so close together now, uh, and I'm going to see them even closer because I'm going to watch it again in two weeks, The Ritual. Man, yeah. There's a lot of films that feature a group of friends going out, getting up to high usually heading out into the countryside in a van, smoking the reefer.
0: We or, got that. Or what is. have you?
1: And something goes terribly wrong, either with
0: creatures, supernatural, or themselves. And they and sometimes characters have sorted backstories with each other. Sorted backstory—that's always good because
1: that creates some tension if we give a shit about it. And usually they forego a map. Yeah, yeah. You know this isn't dissimilar to the Blair Witch
0: Project. It's really not. You know, throwing away a map because you don't want to use it, or going to a different cave mm-hmm. because you did it for the vine. I guess. Oh my God! Really. Maybe. This was in 2005, though, so Juno was predating doing things for the Vibe. Yeah. She was doing it for the uh, the credit, the, 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 the accolades of finding a new cave. Would you be interested in, in a cave being named after you?
1: A cave being named after me? Yeah. Oh, like- my God, yes. And I would like to um, just posit that they renamed the Sarlacc Pit out that they found out in Vancouver to, like, the Lydia Pit, you can call <laughs> that, or just, like...
0: Peavers Pit, I don't know. Peavers Pit is very good, but Lydia, as we know, an evil name. So that would imply to me, I don't want to go to the Lydia Pit because that definitely has cave creatures.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. Um, I think that as far as like thrill seekers go, um, my old roommate, where we used to record, he had rock climbing stuff all over the house. There was a rock climbing problem that hung permanently over the entrance to where we recorded dead air before. Yeah. And he, there were names for things. He was also a whitewater canoe person, whitewater paddler. Yeah. And the, some of the names for things like Satan's asshole and stuff like that for some of the places that they would go were always astounding to me, but what would they call this, this cave system after just Sarah's cave system?
0: I guess that would be if they got out. I mean, if you go by the sequel, you could name it the Sarah Cave,
1: or the Morning Mommy.
0: Yeah, the Morning Morning Mommy, Morning Mother, because it sounds more. Oh, Morning Mother Caves! Oh my God, I would so totally not go there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because that, that, that is that is the equivalent of a dead man's hill. Or right? there's Lost Child Bend in
1: Algonquin Park where they were people were paddling with their family and a kid got lost and they never found the kid ever. So, Lost so, Child Bend or whatever. True,
0: but Morning mother caves. Let's yeah. just call it right now.
1: Yeah. It could be mourning mothers because we do meet a different mother of a different sort, of a different species.
0: And she does mourn, but not for long. <laughs> not for long.
1: that turns into mama bear anger pretty quickly. Yeah. true. And and we do maybe get a little bit of that mama bear anger out of our lead character, Sarah, who starts out quite meek. And, you know, you had said before we started recording something about justice for Juno,
0: justice for Juno. So
1: I'm sure we'll get into a lot of that, but I do want to say right out, you know, Juno is my number one hero through all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Except that that fucking idiot doesn't bring a map.
0: Well, you could uh, you could argue that her own arrogance perhaps, her her lust for fame. She doesn't seem like the type. Now we had talked about this a little bit when we first started watching the movie about how Juno is the type of person that I would just find insufferable because clearly a morning person, the only <laughs> one, the only one after slamming what seems to be Eight hundred Coors Lights, which, by the way, is piss in a bottle.
1: It is, yeah. It's basically water.
0: Yeah, but anyways,
1: not too delicate, American or British. <clears throat> well, British. No, they should. They should know their alcohol. They should
0: know better than wow. to drink fucking Coors. They Light. must have had hard liquor in there too. They, they must have the Coors. The Coors was to hi- what they were holding their moonshine in. Yeah, My, I mean, let's much. let's just pretend that makes sense because uh, Coors Light. Ugh. Well,
1: anyway, Juno's bravado aside, and her ego, and her doing this for the bravado. Uh, which fits with her character. Was Mm -hmm. she really doing it, like she says, to bring Sarah back? To bring them all back
0: to the way they used to be? There is a a part of me that definitely believes that Juno believes that. I think that the optics of it, however, when they're finding this out amidst a crisis, there's almost no way that you could spin it where people won't just be angry at you anyways. I think that if juno had said what she was looking to do there was a chance that they wouldn't go or they would think it would be bad for sarah or whatever have you but because there was no transparency in juno's plans there was no way i mean after the cave-in there's nothing juno could have said Juno could have just said that she made a mistake and they wouldn't even believe her. They would have vilified her. And I and I really think that the group comes down on Juno in a way that they have no fucking right to. And we'll get into my attitude with both Beth and Sarah's treatment of Juno. I don't care if I don't care that Beth had a hole in her fucking neck. I don't care.
1: I don't care either. So we're on the same page as far as that goes. We're also on the same page of having wanted to watch, like you had said, jonesing to watch this once we pitched it. And not... Entirely believing we haven't done this before, to the point that I went back through our docket to be like, are you fucking sure we've never done Descent? What the fuck? The Descent yeah. is uh, a favorite film among both of us, mm-hmm. a favorite film among many horror fans, and not mm-hmm. even horror fans. It's just a great film. Mm-hmm. Period. Uh, the second one, maybe not so much.
0: The second one, in my opinion, is where I. I it's hard to. It's hard to argue that, uh, particularly if you go by. The original ending, and we can talk about the two different endings um, if people are interested, because very famously there was a rejiggering of endings, but we watched the original proper ending, which ends on a bit of a downbeat, but I, I really think the sequel, it has its moments, I don't dislike it, however, I can't watch it without thinking that it significantly diminishes the first film in my opinion.
1: It does. And it it, ver- it changes Sarah very much. They harden Sarah way, way, way too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, and it does discount the fantastic original ending. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had first watched this. It was suggested to me and I was, you know, despite what people might uh, like I may come across as a, as a feminist, But I really hate having feminist theory, feminist ideas, other people's feminist ideas shoved down my throat. So when somebody's like, this is the best feminist movie ever. You need to watch it. I just suddenly, I brick wall a little bit Mm -hmm. against that sort of thing. So if someone would have just said, this is an amazing horror film with great creatures and it's scary as shit. And you've gone on hikes and stuff and you'll find this stuff interesting. And here, an awesome fucking movie. I would have bit a little quicker Mm. except for it being pitched to me like you know this is a a strong female lead girl power kind of thing and Mm. i sort of balked for a little bit Mm -hmm. so i didn't see it right out of the gate Mm -hmm. but when i did see it i understood why it was such a wonderful film Mm -hmm. aside from the fact that it is it does feature a almost all-female cast after the first few minutes it's an all-female cast Unless you count some creatures, yeah, right. because we don't know. They have modesty cloths. They so. have modesty
0: cloths, which I like about the cave creatures.
1: Mm-hmm, I do. But um, I really like the very realistic group of women that they mm-hmm. have gathered here. Yeah. I had gone into it, unfortunately, uh, waiting almost like a teen scream kind of version of women that were posturing. I, I expected the Spice Girls. Yeah. That's how it was put to me, unfortunately.
0: Boiled down to one very strong character trait, rinse and repeat throughout six characters, which is a balancing act. Six characters to stay focused on in an isolated spot is a lot of characters.
1: Yeah, it really is. And you, like you said, would get them confused a little bit here and there. There's
0: three blondes. blondes. Come on, give me a fucking break. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I get it. But it helps if you think of them as Spice Girls, because I've got them broken down here as Holly- Okay. My, one of my favorites like Juno is really my favorite for a lot of fucking reasons but okay, Holly yeah. is also even though she's foolhardy not stupid like Juno but foolhardy and fun and she's beautiful and bad yeah and that's what she reminds me of <laughs> someone from a totally different movie but
0: yeah uh,
1: she is scary spice
0: she is scary spice okay <laughs>
1: she is definitely scary spice
0: yeah
1: uh Sam would be baby she's even called baby a couple times.
0: Oh, that's a good point. Okay, so mm. Sam is baby. She's
1: so cute.
0: Yeah. And I think she is probably the youngest. She might be. And she dangles a little bit like a a, ch- a child's uh, what do you call that? Like a mobile? A mobile. Yeah. She she does kind of become a living or maybe not living mobile for a baby. Yeah, so, she I does. like that. That's
1: perfect. Who do you think is sporty spice?
0: Sporty spice would have to be Juno, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's
1: sporty spice. Posh spice, I just picked Rebecca cuz it's kind of Interchangeable. Beth makes a great posh spice too. Yeah. Maybe even a better posh spice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And ginger, even though Sarah is a ginger,
0: <laughs>
1: ginger spice would just be Rebecca or Beth because they're sort of interchangeable. More Rebecca.
0: Yeah. I okay. Think. Okay. Yeah. All right.
1: And Sarah's just Sarah because there's not enough spice girls to go around.
0: Yeah. It's true. Isn't that sad? We live in a world where we're one spice girl short of an analogy here. Yeah.
1: We are. We are. <laughs> what we need is another spice girl.
0: Yeah, get on that society. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're going on tour and Posh doesn't want to do it. So now it's time for someone else to step up. Maybe Sarah. Or Justin Bieber. Or Justin Bieber. The the, the sick Spice Girl, Justin Bieber.
1: Yeah. Okay. That fits. <laughs> that works. But, you know, all this making fun of the Spice Girls aside <laughs> and unfortunately knocking Descent down a peg by oh, equating yeah, them all to fucking Spice Girls. Yeah. Um, It is a celebration of some really fucking strong, but naturally strong, really Mm -hmm. organically strong women. Mm -hmm. And this makes a really great February 1st release for us for Women in Horror Month. Mm -hmm. We had chosen The Beloved last year as our spotlight Women in Horror Month picture, and it's not even, you know, it doesn't really hit the horror radar often enough. Mm-hmm. Fucking fantastic film, yeah. Um, but this is another fucking fantastic film.
0: Mm-hmm. Lots of other podcasts and 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 YouTube channels and and whatever else have covered this film over the years. And my first introduction to The Descent came as a rental. Um, nothing, not too surprising. I didn't see it in theaters, and also because of my weird, isolated horror fan. Um, Position, particularly in two thousand and five, two thousand and six, I wasn't really doing much with the internet. Yeah, um, I, I I never heard really much of anything about this film, and I ended up watching it, and I ended up really, really enjoying it from the uh, from the perspective, not so much as. I had from the, the I was like oh this will one day become a benchmark for a lot of really passionate feminists who love to talk about the subject matter and this is where I wish I was just more educated mm-hmm. I wish I had m- more things to say on the subject but I mean the, you know, at the end of the day uh, there's lots of other uh, places that have done a really great in depth intellectual dive into this subject matter and all the nuances and all of the uh, the, the, the sort of minutiae of, of what this film can mean, uh, both literally and uh, metaphorically.
1: Oh, there's much writing. And you can go and listen to the Faculty of Horror podcast on the, on mm-hmm. the topic or any episode of that for uh, mm-hmm. a lot better sociological analytical discussion from a feminist lens mm-hmm. of, of these sorts of films and a horror fan lens
0: as well. I think, though, what what I tapped into when I first saw this film was A – the the level of of gore and the level of trauma that these women are put through not just by the fact that you are watching women who start off as weak um and then through trauma and become reborn as a killer of killers or survivalists or however um, horror tends to to um, frame final girls and we even have uh, a rebirth scene that we've seen before in as particularly slasher films we had talked about the hills run red there's almost an identical type of scene in which a, a woman is baptized in blood and gore and emerges this instrument of death but what is interesting here is I throughout from the from the first reel, you get a sense of these incredibly athletic, uh, confident, uh, type A personality. Women. These yeah. are these are people who seek out. These are people who seek out things that in my life I would never fucking seek out. We, you know, every time I hear about backpackers and cavers, spelunking, skydivers, I think they're all fucking nuts. I don't fucking get it. Not interested. <laughs> yeah. And and I have a little bit of claustrophobia that I didn't know existed until I would see certain scenes in this film in particular, or uh, if we take it back, just a, only a couple of years, the the latest installment of the Blair Witch franchise that had a scene in it that. Had me crazy. Ryan Reynolds and buried. Yeah. Like there's all kinds of scenes of claustrophobia in films that drive me fucking crazy. But what you have here is a is six women who enter a cave, and it's yes, they were not expecting to encounter cave creatures, but I can't help but get this recurring sense where I don't really feel like I'm watching women in danger. I'm kind of watching cave creatures that do not know with whom they are fucking with. Yeah. (laughs) Because because each one of these women really fucking put the screws to these Guys uh, Like cave creatures, this colony of crawlers, as they were referred to in production.
1: Yeah, because it's not as above, so below. It's not uh, a bunch of party kids going down there and getting up to hijinks and getting lost somewhere they shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. It's uh, determined, smart, capable women heading Mm -hmm. off on an adventure Mm -hmm. that got derailed terribly. Who are prepared for this, too.
0: They have the gear. They have the know-how. And it's
1: those little things. It's not like, yeah, they're prepared, but, you know one rope bag short yeah they're semi-fucked yeah you know one axe handle has to be used as a splint that's that's very fucking valuable gear and you feel every single one of those dings as you're going along with them mm-hmm. where if it was party ass kids that weren't prepared and they were down to the last half water bottle you'd be like all oh, sucks to be you <laughs> <laughs> but when they say they're missing one rope bag or when you see the rope bag being forgotten Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that hurts. It hurts to watch this, because you know that they were prepared even for this horrible situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Beth will even verbalize it to Sarah in that moment when they leave, lose the rope bag. The worst thing that can happen to you has already happened to you. Yeah. This is just a cave.
1: Yeah. A poxy cave.
0: A poxy <laughs> cave.
1: But yeah, Um. so before we dive into the film, if you want to hear... A little bit like this is a Neil Marshall film. First and foremost, we all love Neil Marshall. I, I love Neil Marshall. Um, we love Dog Soldiers. We're maybe we'll love Hellboy. We kind of hope we'll love Hellboy. Who
0: knows? We'll. F- you know, I have the the best intentions of of liking that movie. We'll see because, in my opinion, they have some big uh, boots to fill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he had a Tales of Halloween installment. You know, mm-hmm. really enjoyed that one. Bad Seed was his. A lot, a lot of people found found it the more childish one, but I liked it a lot. Um, but work on the creature design alongside was Paul Hyatt, who had gone on to make a couple really standout films: Seasoning House, oh. uh, very rough. It's almost like a, a modern roughie, That one and um Howl. So those films were discussed in depth on. An old-ass episode of Bind Torture Cast, episode 112, where they interview Pal Hyatt. So if you want a deep dive into the the guy who was responsible for the look of these creatures, Mm. you know, go listen to that. Um, Also, Bind Torture Cast... I'm going to get all Bind Torture cast-y here for a second. Oh. Uh, they just covered both Suspirias. Mm-hmm. One of them is, is hot off the press. They're going to be hot off the press by the time you listen to this. It's being cooked up downstairs right now. Uh, the previous one where they cover the original Suspiria has already dropped two really good episodes and I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, Luke Raymer, who is Chris's partner on bind torture cast has recently released a film called the taxidermist Mm. you may see some other familiar faces and names attached to that Mm. but i highly recommend picking that up and checking out that old ass episode 112 other people do doing amazing cool shit are friends in the band encephalon matt and alice which i would commonly call them matt and alice when it comes to encephalon but now it's alice and matt when it comes to their new moniker Headless Nameless. Mm. And headlessnameless.bandcamp.com, you can check out Ali's new track, and uh, it's very impressive. Goth rock. Goth with guitars, as they're calling it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you definitely want to check that out. Yeah. For a show. And you also want to check out Teresa, don't you? Yes, you want to check out Teresa. By the time this episode airs, the third issue, The Darkness Within Me, which will conclude the this sort of darkness arc. That introduces the characters to you guys and also to each other um, will be live and and uh, Chris has already shown me the cover for it. It's fucking gorgeous. I can't wait to uh, drop that, guys. Uh, drop that on you guys. And also the conclusion by the time the conclusion of the darkness lingers, the second part of the the uh, story will have already been released. I, the the last pages are getting. Worked on right now, and uh, yeah, we're, we're still full steam ahead with Teresa. So, uh, we'll have three issues down, and then we'll have broken 6,000 views by then. We'll probably be closer to in the mid 130s for subscribers. So, yeah, it's going really well.
1: Nice, yeah. yeah, I like to hear that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm really, really excited about uh, where the story is getting you because after the darkness arc. We have um, we're really gonna be opening up the world and, and really introducing people to what what lies beyond Teresa and this demon that she's been hunting and and Sam and all of it and what is really going to be descending on this city that she's trying to protect.
1: Nice. Any plans for an print issue?
0: So that is the big Question. Right now, um, and Chris and I have discussed it, and these things are still being formatted. We could easily adjust the format and make it more adherent to webtoons to make it easier to scroll with your phone and stuff like that. However, these books have always been intended to be in print. Yeah. So, that being said, once the Darkness trilogy is done and all three chapters are out, um, it is possible that that will be compiled into one trade. So you can have the entire darkness thing into one book. Or we could do it in individual floppy issues. We've talked about Kickstarter. We've talked about a, a lot of different things to get things printed. We don't really know. Um, right now, we're just happy to be working on it, and the response on Webtoons has been really good. But yes, absolutely. the To put a, a, a physical copy of Teresa in people's hands would make me very happy. So there's a distinct
1: possibility.
0: There's a distinct possibility. It really all depends on audience's reaction right and so far the audience reaction has made me think that physical copies is viable and a good idea
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> good to hear i like that well congratulations every, every episode i'm going to just congratulate them guys so sorry
0: <laughs> about that no yeah it's really really fun
1: you can head over and check out Teresa and congratulate wes yourself
0: yeah you can like comment subscribe it really helps let uh, webtoons know that you like it um and you guys are so you know Keep awesome. it up. I like that.
1: <laughs> so yeah, um, that's all I've got, except for, like I'd mentioned, Women in Horror Month. So this will be the first installment. I don't know. We don't have a lot coming up that is really fitting, but we do have. Right after this, we're going to be talking about the ritual, which mm-hmm. is kind of the opposite. <laughs> but
0: it is kind of the opposite. Uh, it's it's, a, it's quite more of a, a, Gnostic take on on people traveling into the woods we're going to be uh dealing with um you know, like more paganism and and stuff like that which is really really interesting and not really touched on too much in horror but with uh with women in horror th- there's all kinds of opportunities for us to showcase uh the the many women that contribute to the horror industry and i think that there's no better film because so many uh women rally around the descent so many people love this film and 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 even if um even if uh, even if horror is not your thing, there's so much to recommend about this film. Um, but like you were saying, even non-horror fans talk about *The Descent*. This film was something that hit, and it got the exact attention that it deserves. it's not like a, a, a I don't know, like a Jennifer's Body that came out was a really good horror movie, and now is having like a little moment where everyone's like, oh, remember that? Megan Fox horror movie that's actually pretty fucking good um the descent has hit was really acclaimed and it has maintained that uh throughout the years and so yeah I'm excited I was really excited to do this episode
1: yeah I know me too we almost mixed up and I thought we were doing the ritual so I got all excited to do the ritual but now I'm doubly excited (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I brought over I brought over the Blu-ray and we had to go back and listen to our last episode because like I'm pretty sure we said the descent, but like so many times, the descent seems to to be on our list of films to do and we can't even keep track of where it is because I know that we've talked about the descent several times over the years. And I know that every time you've 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 sworn that we've done it
1: because it's slippery and hidden, just like most women. You know, <laughs> that's the women's wiles right there—slippery, hidden, underground.
0: Drinking you know? Coors Light.
1: Yeah, if we were any more intelligent, we could really get into the metaphors going on in this.
0: I know <laughs> you're gonna have to you're gonna have to suffer with me being a dumb fuck. That's just I like cave creatures, and I think it's cool and the ladies kill them.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, no, same here, because I might have a lot of the same body parts as them, but I am no spokesperson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that said, what is this movie even about anyway, Lydia? It's
0: <laughs> <laughs> This movie, Wes, is about what happens when for some reason you think, your couch, a blanket, and a TV is somehow not interesting, and you need to go out cave diving, even though your friend doesn't seem too into it, and you might be the least popular one in your friend group.
1: hmm Like it says on Rebecca's bumper sticker in this movie, because it's there, it has a picture of a mountain. That's why... That's why,
0: because there (laughs) was. Juno also wears a pendant that just says "love" each day, like she's like some fucking forty-five-year-old mother on an Instagram.
1: I know, right? (laughs) She probably has a live laugh, love stickers on her wall in her (laughs) living
0: room. Did all of her home decor from like, the knick-knack section in the chapters.
1: Who are we kidding? Juno doesn't have a house. She sleeps in a
0: hammock and,
1: like, the tallest trees in British Columbia or something.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. They like, probably still has, like, a crash pad in her parents' place and then just it's just constantly going all over the world and stuff like that. Do a sea can in someone's backyard full of fucking climbing gear? Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
1: Does this make you want to play Tomb Raider? No. <laughs>
0: It does make me want to play Tomb Raider a little bit. Juno has some L- Laura Croft elements to her. It doesn't help that everyone in this film is British, or at least from the UK.
1: Yeah, or British-ish.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean Juno's Australian. I think the actress yeah. that plays her, but um, yeah, it doesn't help that that's kind of where we're at. You know, it really makes me think of Tomb Raider, and there's a lot of possibilities.
1: And they all have rock hammers, and yeah, yeah. The, all, the only
0: thing that are, they're missing is is packing their. They're magnums.
1: And bows and arrows.
0: Bows and arrows, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not getting eaten by wolves. We're kind of like jumping around... a lot of tomb raider games but of those games are pretty fucking brutal though
1: they really are and like you had said but one of these characters is going to make an excellent tomb raider death
0: yeah yeah, yeah. And- <laughs> sam is the ultimate tomb raider skeleton so mm-hmm.
1: and there are a lot of skeletons There's a lot of skeletons in this tomb this is somewhere where lara Croft would be right at home
0: there would be th- this could be considered a tomb because there's so much dead things in it and it is about to get raided
1: one thing I really like about this is that it's very realistic as far as their capabilities. We start out the film with some whitewater rafting. A lot of, you know, you can go and take your, your fucking grandma and strap her into one of those rafts for the most part and mm-hmm. be like, off you go. And there are usually like, if you're going on a whitewater run, run by an adventure company, there's people there watching you. You're supplied with your gear. It's relatively safe unless you do something stupid or, you know, accidents do happen. But for the most part, All of us listening right now are pretty capable of putting on a personal flotation device helmet, strapping into a great big rubber dinghy, and going down some rapids. It's not too insane. Mm -hmm. They are doing it not with an adventure company because they like to fucking whitewater raft. And we get an idea of they like the thrills. They're all very capable. They all have their own gear. Mm -hmm. They all have their own vehicles. They're all outfitted. They do this sort of stuff all of the time. And their families, or what families are present at the time, are supportive of this. They're all very capable, tough, adventure-seeking group of women.
0: Yeah, just a bunch of people who are fit, outgoing, and love to do this stuff. I mean, they're the types of person that probably have all kinds of backpacking stories, and they probably have just endless photos of them at the summit of some mountain you yeah. know what i'm saying and they yeah. all they all just are like you said thrill seekers they're looking for that adrenaline rush of life and nature and the outdoors and i just don't they're fucking moon men as far as i'm concerned because i just fucking they're just talking about I was like oh man it's all about the rush of going into a cave and i all hear is like leap clop gloop 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 <laughs> like the parents on Charlie brown (laughs) yes miss go into the cave miss
1: pretty much (laughs) but you know flash forward to when they're actually having to traverse to traverse this cave um it's very realistic it's not lara croft they're not like just skipping along and not running out of breath they're Mm -hmm. sore exhausted and terrified fairly Mm -hmm. quickly in and it's very realistic about what the human body can actually Mm -hmm. take you know Granted, the one thing that I don't like about this beginning of this film is that these are very serious, very capable, fit women who are smart for the most part. Juno, I'm shaking my fist at you. But they have planned this big adventure, this rock climbing thing. What do they do the night before? But fucking get drunk. You had touched on it already. They get fucking slammered on what Cora's Light and vodka or whatever and weed and whatever. But who the fuck does that?
0: Right? Right. Uh, I don't know. I I mean people who who don't realize th- the only one that doesn't get totally slam-jammed is Juno who also is the only one that knows that they're going to an uncharted cave.
1: Okay, so maybe they had a little bit of confidence. They, like they, one of them had referred to it as like a tourist trap.
0: Yeah, Holly was not impressed by this idea of so we're just going to go crawl around a cave, and it's just a tourist trap, and there's practically railings everywhere. And so they weren't, they were, and and again, the idea I would assume is to ease Sarah into the adventure lifestyle. Because yes, they were white water white water rafting, but that was Juno and Beth and and Sarah, and well, her uh, Sarah's husband. Paul was there and daughter at, donor, yeah jesse and uh well the th- thing sort of happened
1: they suffered a horrific car accident something straight out of final destination
0: yeah it's true i mean their husband was probably hoping that they would go home and lay pipe but he got piped in a different sort of way jesus christ <laughs> you know it's just kind of weird to have a head-on collision in broad daylight someone should have piped up oh you 're fun
1: <laughs> one thing that 's missing is the uh, scene of the copper pipe gushing blood, you know to make it a real <laughs> horror movie moment, but yeah. it is uh, a quite a serene moment where they pull up into uh, an overhead crane shot of this vehicle, and you can see it 's just skewered with these huge copper pipes, yeah, so the husband and wife don 't make it. Sarah does and is traumatized yeah for a year it takes him a year before she's kind of back in the swing of things which Mm -hmm. could be too soon for some people
0: it could be i mean we are talking about her her daughter we're talking about her husband getting killed we're talking about uh, you know all of a sudden everything's fine and then next thing you know you know all your pipe dreams get dashed
1: oh you're so funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Speaking of double entendres, the title of the film, "The Descent," not only referring to the spelunking that they're doing because they are going into a cave. There's a huge vent that they find, that is this uncharted cave. They don't know it's uncharted, um, but it, they descend into it, and they have they do continue to go lower as they are trying to find an exit through this this cave system, mm-hmm. uh, or the descent to into madness for mm. some, the descent through the Layers of their friendship.
0: Mm. We start to get a little bit of through uh, cinematography, we get a sense that there's something closer between perhaps Juno and Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, we start to get a sense of. The fact that Juno, also very devastated by the death of Paul, uh, probably to a lesser extent, Sarah's daughter.
1: Lesser extent, but also
0: more so than any other casual friend. And then also the fact that Beth seems to have been the friend that stuck with Sarah the most... Juno kind of fucked off a little bit, stuck around for a little while, and then went and did her own thing. I don't blame Juno for that type of behavior because at the end of the day, when someone who's a close friend of yours suffers a loss like that, there's really only so much you can do. You can't put your entire life on hold for someone. And that seems to be somewhat of a subtle rift between the women. But Juno is trying to perhaps fix all of that with one big trip just like they used to do let's go find ourselves on this trip and we're going to bring along three more friends uh that they don't really seem to that sarah doesn't really seem to know all that well uh but it seems to be like oh friends are friends or perhaps a casual acquaintance or perhaps this is a person that she had heard juno talk about before because like holly um rebecca and sam are now part of this group But you, I think you're really right when you say that it might be too soon for Sarah because she's still in a a position of having mild hallucinations, having, speaking of pipe dreams, she has a dream in which uh, she's imagining the death. Uh, of her husband through her. And then also, people can't even seem to... Like, Holly mentions kids. Mm-hmm. And and Sarah pauses and stares longingly into her beer bottle before she takes another swig. I mean, if someone can't even say a word around you, it might not be the time to, to go to, uh, and do something challenging.
1: You know, a spa day may have been a little more... In line.
0: Yeah. You know? or, or you go to the cabin and you just stay in the cabin. You have drinks and you smoke your weed. Baby and steps. Baby steps, yeah. It doesn't have to be an uncharted fucking cave. Yeah,
1: exactly. But hey, we could, we could deride Juno and her bad decisions all day long. And we will. So they are getting ready to go, getting geared up. They're... Getting their vehicles parked, because when you're going to go on a big journey like this, you got your keys situated, and your map situated, and your rope situated, and you know where you're going, right? And you've you've notified the park system as to where you're going to be going, so that if something happens and they don't hear from you when you're check-in time, they're going to come look for you and all that stuff. And like I said, the map, yeah, you got the map with you. You definitely bring your map. Oh, and yeah. You have, like, your whole plan charted out, don't you? Yeah. With your map in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone it, knows where the
0: map is. It's a big, actually, it's a it's a huge map. It almost looks like a fucking Cavers for Dummies book.
1: It's it, like a road atlas. Like, yeah, yeah Cavers for Dummies. <laughs> so the dummy in question leaves this book on purpose in the truck, in the in the
0: glove box. And she leaves it on purpose because it's pointless to bring it, because she lied to them about what cave they're going to.
1: Yeah, so they're not going to the Tatuga National Park cave system. They're going to an uncharted cave entirely. And she doesn't let anybody know that because she wants to map out the cave and name it after sarah yeah okay i agree that it is a little bit of a grand ego driven gesture Mm -hmm. because the more i think about it that a spa day or just going to the cabin and having some drinks would have been a lot more in line with i want to heal sarah and get us all back to where we used to be yeah not this fucking bullshit juno she's still my hero
0: Listen, I love Juno. Yeah, uh, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't find her a insufferable to be friends with, because well, everyone's hung over. She's jogging and she's just having a grand old fucking time. And uh, all right, and she's like, but um, again, I I love her assertiveness. I love uh, her skill as a climber. I love she she's the type of person that you know, perhaps overconfident, but. If not for the cave creatures, if not for the cave-in, they probably would have been fine.
1: Probably would have been fine, and she, they both have—they both, they all have—a uh, sense of the history of their sports and their craft, and the um, this grasp of human nature. So once they're down there, they're using every single resource they can, even the resources of people who may have traversed this cave before them. Duna makes a really strong and firm but understanding leader for this group. And Mm -hmm. I can see why she would have been the person to look up to for this and the person to have planned it. Mm -hmm. Aside from her foible of planning a little too hard, I guess. True. Or not planning at all. But Mm -hmm. then we have uh, Holly, who is my runner-up, super favorite.
0: And, And what an interesting choice for a second favorite character because... If Juno is on one end of the spectrum, the pendulum done swung all the way to the other direction as Holly is a pure unadulterated adrenaline junkie
1: yep she's the zoe bell of the group and <laughs> she is the the punk gothic looking sort of edgier girl who is foolhardy and will just race into anything like if you want to send somebody first into the cave oh yeah. running fucking naked and blind it's her because she'll yeah, be yeah, like yeah. yeah that's a party i'll do it
0: yeah if i if i were to assign if i were to us to 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 be reductive it would just be she's the tough one right yeah that's, she's the tough one. she's the tough brave one that uh, but also very reckless and juno comes down on her hard when even she's just descending into the cave too quickly if she repels like it
1: just balls out yeah yeah it's yeah. great it's actually kind of great and yeah. she gives it like a woohoo and look out below incoming kind of yeah. thing so she's she's fun i like yeah, her
0: she's fun I'll yeah like for her. sure and and as far as um as far as Holly's concerned, this likely would have been the only adrenaline rush in the entire thing. You're talking about a woman who likes to skydive, who likes to go spelunking, who likes to do that type of adventuring. So the idea of her crawling around a dark cave isn't really interesting, so she's probably thinking, I better get the most out of this.
1: It's far more interesting to like Sam, who seems to be younger. I'm not sure if she is like the daughter of Rebecca.
0: I don't think so. Or I think something. they're just friends. Yeah, they're
1: just very close, and one is younger than the other. So maybe it's like a yeah. under my wing sort of thing. Yeah, uh, she's a has some doctor background. She's mm-hmm. a nurse or a doctor or something like that, mm. or an ethno botanist. I don't know what she is. Yeah. But she seems to know a lot about animals and human bodies.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But... Good thing because they're going to encounter some carcasses soon. They'll need her input.
1: And she is a little more timid. She's not as sure. Mm -hmm. She's a slower going of them.
0: She is, yeah.
1: She's probably... New to a lot of this uh, yeah. lifestyle. Where Rebecca, on the other hand, seems to be a star rock climber and has the most amazing upper body strength. And they yeah. rely on her at first to be their point person as far mm-hmm. as setting all of their hooks. And their. she's on belay, she's the first one across, she's their main um, person setting all their anchors. I forget yeah. the name of those things, Are cams that they're sticking into the rock. So she's doing the heavy lifting quite literally as far as the most dangerous jobs when it comes to rock climbing yeah she
0: is their rock climbing guru yeah she's the expert and honestly she has one of the most harrowing scenes in the movie i love that sequence where she's going across the top like trying to uh get a rope for everyone else to scoot across like that seems fucking cool it is fucking cool she's fucking cool yeah she
1: doesn't get enough screen time as far as i'm concerned but i like rebecca quite a lot mm-hmm. um but you know they they Sam and Rebecca play sort of like a quieter note against Juno and Holly being the loud abrasive mm-hmm. fucking adrenaline
0: junkie well i i mean i guess at the point at which sarah and juno are, have a a far more uh straight up violent set of encounters whereas Sam and Rebecca are the stealthier ones that are, are are hiding more and trying to be quiet and and even though they kind of encounter their their same scuffles, but I mean, like for fuck's sake, like Juno and Sarah, are, like fucking warriors, like they're like
1: warriors, yes, yeah. and they're also like rushing in headfirst. Yeah, where Sam and Rebecca are sort of analyzing the scene and getting to know their enemy and getting to know their 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 place in this. Uh, Mm -hmm. slower and quieter. Yeah, definitely. So
0: speaking of harrowing uh, scenes, they have a a portion to get into this cave, which I would instantly tap out of. I I was like, I'm not doing this. I think that my problem with small spaces comes from the fact that I'm so fucking big. (laughs) I I, I don't think that that, even looking at it objectively, I could not fit into that crevice.
1: No, because once they... They spelunk, I suppose, is the the common term. But yeah, you know, once they rappel in through this huge hole into this huge gorge, which I think that you would walk up past that stump and see the hole in the ground and be like, check you later, guys. Yeah. I'll be back <laughs> in the cabin reading comics and drinking beer and having a grand old time. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. that would definitely be down with that. They go into this, and if somebody could get you in there, you
0: would agree it's beautiful. Yep, this is beautiful.
1: Slag, tight slag mites, bats, drippy water, yeah. cute sunlight. It's I'm, really
0: pretty. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, but n- not if it meant going through that. It's a vent. It's a vent. Yeah, yeah. canal. You it's know, basically the same width around as a as my shoulders. Yeah, someone your size could get it. And again, these are all very slight fit capable women. Yeah, I, I just I'm just too fucking. Wide, like I'm too big. Yeah. Uh, there's no way I would get in there. And there's a por- there's a portion in which uh Sarah gets stuck, and it's just I can't stand it. I can't st- like I can't stand her getting s- stuck. She it, it's it's it, I instantaneously start envisioning getting crushed by all of that fucking shit, especially especially when the rocks start to collapse in on them. But I mean, Beth is there trying to calm her down. Beth really is. Sarah's rock. Like, not only getting her there in the first place, she was probably the person that was pushing it the most. Hey, you know, Juno wants to do this thing and we think it'd be good for you. Like, you like to do this type of stuff because I'm guessing that Sarah for the last 12 months was probably close to catatonic.
1: Probably, yeah, I can imagine. And she maybe should have been left semi-catatonic for another year just to come to terms with uh, life alone. But, yeah, I, I can understand... Beth being so close to her. Beth is the Mm -hmm. one that she runs to at first and and explains to her that her daughter is dead in the hospital. She's definitely her closest friend out of all of them and the perfect choice to be kind of talking
0: her down from thinking that she's stuck when Mm -hmm. she's not quite stuck Mm -hmm. yet. Yeah, delivers that beautiful line of the worst thing that's happened to you has already happened to you. And that I think verbalizing that is really... Interesting. We've seen films before, uh, especially in horror, where a character is brought to the brink of their own sanity, to their physical capabilities, and they become reborn as an instrument of death, or at least an instrument to survive their circumstances. Cabin in the Woods is a really good example. You saw a guy have to kill the love of his life with a shovel. What scares you after that? Nothing. So do you think that like, these these like hillbillies are a fucking concern for you. He kills them with his fucking bare hands. 28 days later, you see a person brought to the brink and uh, eye poking, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you will see a, a person transformed, in, and, and, and usually that goes without saying. You can say, well, what would ter- make a character flip 180 degrees, be capable of killing another human being, be able to survive, be able to rely on their instincts, the instincts that we as people keep buried amongst us. And I think that just saying that line really puts a lot of relief in, into an audience's expectations of like, well, how how come they're, they're so willing and able and capable of killing all these things. Uh, So I just think that like putting you into that mindset and, and you could even understand, or you could even imagine that perhaps in her moments of desperation where she's lying there amongst a bone pit later on in the film, the worst thing that's already happened to you has happened to you. She yeah. could just say best words over and over again in her mind. Because Beth is nothing if not practical, which we'll find out later. Yeah, that's no, very true, very true.
1: So if you're susceptible to confined spaces, and this is the sort of thing that would stress you out, which does a lot of people, I totally yeah. understand that, Um, Once she gets to wriggle free, you're going to probably have what could be considered a jump scare for people who don't like confined spaces when the rocks begin to tumble in on that event. And that tunnel that they've just barely squeaked through is collapsed. Yeah. So bear in mind at this point, they don't all know that they're not on a mapped path. They don't all know that they're not going according to plan. And they Mm -hmm. all don't know yet Mm -hmm. that no one fucking knows where they are, including Juno
0: exactly um they know because they uh, they begin to start the rationalization okay is that the only way in and out of this cave no don't worry about it there's three entrances in and out of this cave and we don't have to worry we can sit tight because the 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 park services know that we're here and when they'll come looking for us if we don't check in at a certain time so but I was like the second they they start to kind of build themselves up with we're gonna be okay we just have to sit tight and we'll get rescued it becomes very obvious uh, when Juno tells them it's like nope 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 and this is why yeah because I'm in a place that uh, uh, I lied to you I lied to all of you and we're not where we said we were going to be and you can see that that Juno was really on thin ice. Most of the most of the other women in this friend group seem to like her just fine, but there definitely is a rift. And I don't know if Sarah it, it resents Juno for fucking off and and leaving her and, and to like be tended to by Beth. But if she does, then it makes me like Sarah's character even less, uh, if that's possible, mm-hmm. um, or if it's because she suspects. What was going on between...
1: She does have a glance at the very beginning of the film when we sort of get those glances between Juno and Sarah's husband, mm-hmm. dead husband now, um, we sort of pick up on it mm-hmm. in our lizard brains yeah. and we see her see what we're seeing and sort of have the same sort of look mm-hmm. we would be giving, yeah. which is, uh, guys,
0: you're lingering. Yeah, you're lingering. I think mean, she did get pushed in the very cold water, and she couldn't feel her hands. So
1: well, it's, it's in their eyes.
0: It is in their and eyes. And
1: we see Sarah see that. And we also see Sarah sort of discount that. And the conversation in the truck begins with her husband asking "She's if she's okay. Yeah. Because there's something on her mind. I think that if the pipe wouldn't have
0: slammed through his skull, yeah.
1: the conversation would have... Bean, Is there something between you and now?
0: Yeah. Well, she is, uh, she had told Paul that he seemed quite distant. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that was the precursor to a talk, a quote-unquote yeah. talk.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I
1: really do. And I think that that's not lost on the viewer. It, just because we're not spoon-fed it doesn't mm-hmm. mean we don't see it, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I really think that that is in the back of Sarah's mind somewhere. Festering.
0: Festering. Mm-hmm. Sarah also isn't not not much of a credible narrator herself because like she imagines shit all the time.
1: Well, do you think she imagined uh, seeing something down the tunnel? Because while they're all flipping shit on Juno about not knowing where the fuck they are, she's sort of like, okay, you guys can all flip shit on one another. I'm going to explore a little bit and look mm-hmm. down these goddamn tunnels and try and find a way out of here. Because Sarah is a girl of action,
0: I guess. Sarah is a moment. woman
1: of of curiosity, at the very least. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she had also heard a child giggling. We'll, we'll discount that, that, that yeah. audible hallucination that she's having because she is still in mourning. Um, but she did see something up in the cave. Yeah, up in Something the cave. that was there when her flashlight panned, and then she panned back and there was nothing there. When she's looking down a tunnel, she swears she sees somebody down at the end of the tunnel that scoots away.
0: Yeah, they're two miles below the surface of the planet. Like, there's no one fucking down here. No one knows that this cave system exists. Right? Unless they did and didn't escape to tell about it. Yeah, there is evidence to support that at least a hundred years ago, someone was in this fucking cave.
1: I like that Juno does say, oh, but I wanted to explore this. We could mark this. We we could name it after you. And then, like, not that long later, she's like, well, the only reason this cave system isn't named if people were down here is because they never made it out alive. Shrug. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Okay, Juno, think about what you
0: just said. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, someone was down there before, which prompted us to go on a little exploration of our own.
0: Yeah, I was curious because if... if uh, So, the, the equipment that we find, I can't remember what they call it. It's the spike that goes into the... It is a piton. A piton. Yeah. So, the piton that uh, Rebecca hooks her gear into when when she is creating a a pulley system to get everyone across I'm sure climbers are like Wes you're not using any proper terms well fuck you All right.
1: yeah since when did you claim to be a rock climber so they're like like braces yeah exactly like the hooks that they're embedding into the rock wall exactly
0: and it's a great sequence I fucking love it like as I said to Lydia as we were watching it is you know I've seen like movies where like one guy fights like a hundred people and somehow this was more impressive to me just like just again the, the hand strength like you have a person that's holding their entire body by one hand while also working gear and getting up and and that drop 100 feet minimum (laughs) it's fucking crazy oh yeah
1: this could turn you into a a, what do you call those like a a rabbit hole on on youtube of looking at suspensions rock climber suspensions whoa this is impressive human body shit there but that's what this is she's Mm -hmm. suspending over this chasm to lay three cams they have three cams or piton or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them so three hooks so she sets the first one swings out with all of her upper body strings with make, makes laura croft seem like just fiction oh wait she is yeah you get you want to see what fucking tomb raider would really go through it's this and it's terrifying and yeah. exhausting to
0: watch mm-hmm.
1: and she sets the second one and she goes to set the third one but there's already a
0: hook embedded in the wall mm-hmm. yeah which lets you know that Well, that means that someone came here beforehand, and I was thinking maximum 80s. I don't know how long caving has been a thing, so we had to Google it. Yeah, 1800s. 1800s. Yeah,
1: so when Juno says this gear is over 100 years old, she's not lying. Like, it very well could be.
0: Yeah, over 100 years old, and that means that people have been to this cave before, but it remains uncharted. That confirms that people have come into this cave before and have never left. Well... That's fucking encouraging. That is encouraging. Now, by the way, th- you if you were to, to uh, tell this film without anything else, boogins, it would be a very effective bit of survival horror.
1: Oh, yeah. Completely. Like it, Teresta's or something.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: without the organ harvesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, something in in which the the environment itself is the enemy. Because the environment is itself the enemy in here. But just in case that's not enough, we're going to put in some groovy ghoulies in the bowels of this cave.
1: They're pretty groovy. I think they're even posing for their own album cover later on.
0: (laughs) The crawlers.
1: What do you think of this creature design?
0: The creature design is very interesting. It somewhat reminds me of... The the, the, the Revenant-type vampires of uh, uh, Daybreakers, it kind of reminds me of Blade Two. Those uh, Guillermo del Toro's, uh, again, more like Revenant-type vampires. They look like vampires. It's they also- really
1: do, especially with their ears and the way
0: that they mm-hmm. are, this- sort of orc-looking. They
1: remind me a lot of orcs or the creatures from Pitch Black.
0: Yeah, the creatures... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, like uh, I mean, the creatures from Pitch Black are far more, like, shark-like. But, like, I can definitely see where you're coming from there. They look quite interesting. Um, like, Gollum, you know, like, they, they mm-hmm. have, like, that look about them. They look very vicious. They look very human, but at the same time, evolved differently. There was... Um, when this film first came out, I always remembered, and I it was confirmed later, because I suppose the first question would be, what are these critters anyways? So you get the sense that they were cave dwelling humans that just never left the caves, which of course is if you if ask the the film uh, creators, yes, that's what they are. Mm-hmm. They are there. They were at one time humans, not unlike us, but generations and generations. And we are talk we are talking about since caveman days. Um, so hundreds of thousands of years living in this area, they have evolved differently. They have adapted to suit. To be suited perfectly for this environment,
1: like a blind cavefish versus like a, a fucking catfish.
0: There's almost an identical uh, episode of the X Files about this, except the difference being instead of cave creatures, they were in the Pine Barrens. The, uh, if anyone's familiar with the Pine Barrens, it's a vast, basically unhattable forest because it's all on marshland, so you can't build on it. And it's so big and so dense and so dangerous that there are just aspects of the forest that just can't really be accessed. So the, the episode of the X-Files posited that uh, colonial people or early settlers, whatever, Became lost in the Pine Barrens and then became adapted to survive exclusively within the Pine Barrens. And they became carnivorous, chameleon, human, mutant type things that dwelled in that area. And they had, and of course, you know, Scully and Mulder are on this expedition that just so happens to take them to the Pine Barrens because a lot of people went missing. And Bob is your uncle. There's like Critters in the fucking Pine Barrens. That's what that episode's about. And it really reminds me of this. Yeah, there's
1: a Richard Lehman story that's really similar to this where a family goes on a cave tour, a guided cave tour, very safe, well lit cave tour, but shit goes wrong and they end up a few layers down, Mm -hmm. more like where these guys are living and encounter very similar creatures.
0: Yeah. So this idea of of cave creatures, while not wholly unique, has only been done a few times. And I don't think, I would argue, nowhere near as effectively as in this film. I think The Descent really has has cornered the market on on, uh, evil shit in fucking caves. Oh, completely. Not only do they look terrifying, particularly our first really good look at them under uh, night vision. That's a great fucking... Shocking sequence where you just see it sort of looming over and also I'm really um, Saying like these things are both very dangerous and very vicious, but at the same time You do get the sense that you know individually they're very manageable Uh, they, they don't seem to have much more than a basic set of intelligence and also If you have some kind of weapon they're used to hunting game they're used to hunting Things that you know rely more on instinct. Now, listen, it's fucking impressive to take down a, a deer or or a yeah. or a bear or something like that. But at the same time, you know th- these these women like once they've sort of rallied themselves, they can take down these fucking critters. They no, the man things they're
1: attacking don't have thumbs or weapons, right? They have weapons attached to their head that are stationary for the mm. most part. If they have any weapons at all, or attached to their feet or, yeah. or their teeth itself. But their number one attack speaks to what they hunt. The number one attack is jump on its back, tear out its neck. Yeah, that's what they like to do to people. That's what they like to do to everything, mm-hmm. obviously, and it works for them up until mm-hmm. now. And they probably never really got hurt very often, except Scar. You said the, the lead,
0: the lead, monsters. the lead, the lead cave creature creature is apparently named Scar. If you look at the credits,
1: he must have a scar. Then <laughs> he just must
0: the distinctive, the narrative. You need one of them to be distinctive. Yeah, yeah, and, and shit like that.
1: Well, why not Tits McGee?
0: Tits McGee, yeah.
1: <laughs> Or mama, mama. Yeah, I mama suppose. To yeah, be polite.
0: They had um, there was there was like a it, it, in that movie, The Thirteenth Warrior. They had cave dwelling humans that their the, the the queen of such was they worshipped bears and they lived in caves and they had like a, a sort of like a queen witch doctor type s character. Kind of reminded me of this a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, the, 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 the creatures are really good and effective, and what I like about them is they're not so different that the the, the characters don't need to spend time sort of reconciling what they are. They The the, the first initial attack, by the way, um, Holly has already been gravely injured because she lo- uh, leaps before she looks, and sure enough, fucking gets her leg broken, and we've seen some uh, bones popping out of, of legs recently on this show, but this, actually, this is actually done a lot more realistically than in Frozen. No disrespect to Frozen. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, Holly's already wounded, but, you know, you can get the wounded one out of the way as quickly as humanly possible by having her neck fucking torn out initially. This actually initial attack is really fucking cool because I love uh, Juno killing one of these fucking things. And Juno really trying... Again, and I can't... Like, Juno in all cases tried to stop Holly from fucking falling down that hole she did she tried to keep this fucking thing from taking Holly's body away and and she everyone else scattered and hid Juno stayed to try to help Holly Juno killed the fucking cave creature
1: yeah they all basically have weapons Juno went full on fucking gladiator to protect or at least try and save her friend as best she could Mm -hmm. and yeah attacked and killed with all the grandeur of someone who has killed for a fucking living or wrestled bears or Lara Croft
0: who goes full on Lara Croft a little too much though blood frenzy is what it is and for some reason level-headed Beth when she literally just saw her friend kill a cave creature with her bare hands wielding a weapon decides to do the old horror trope hand on the shoulder, yeah. not verbalizing yourself. What the fuck did she expect to happen?
1: While she's panting, adrenaline rushed, frenzied, covered in blood, has a weapon in her hand still, and is definitely a coiled spring. Yeah. Worst time to touch anybody or approach anybody. Yeah. She shouldn't have gotten swinging distance and she should have recognized that because I have a little more faith in these women that she should have, would have recognized the danger in approaching you know, yeah. at that moment. But fuck, for whatever reason, she didn't. Or did she just get there? Did she not hear that? this giant battle going on did she not realize what was going on no I don't think so but yeah so So, this is strike one against Beth
0: yeah and uh, it'll be a strike that counts because it'll get her fucking you know Stabbed right through the neck.
1: The effects in this. uh, It brings me to the effects in this. Aside from the broken leg we've already seen in this really wonderful uh, fight scene with Juno. And blood flying absolutely anywhere. This is where we're really plunged into the amount of gore that we Mm. should come to expect. Yeah. The hammer through the neck is... Fucking... You can feel that. Yeah. It's as bad as seeing any nail through a fingernail kind of scene. You can feel that. It looks extremely painful. We're pretty sure that Beth is down for the count because she is gushing blood, choked on
0: this, Mm -hmm. can't breathe, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like she's asphyxiating on her own blood, which is what would happen if you were to puncture someone through. It looks like both fucking jugulars.
1: Yep, that's what it looks like. And... The creatures are descending upon them once again
0: yeah and so Juno in in harsh realization about what she's done kind of backs off this th- this I do not fucking blame Juno one iota I blame Beth Beth was an idiot and she got killed because of it I would I would fucking like defend Juno's Reaction, she accidentally killed Beth. She did not mean to kill Beth. She had no motive to kill Beth. And and the the weird implication that she fucking did yes. is I'm just like, what the fuck is this? And maybe if, if someone out there listening to this episode understands something that I don't, I welcome the fucking information. I welcome it. But from the the, the moment I've seen this scene to the moment that we get to the next time that we encounter Beth not as dead as we would think he, you know i don't know i i
1: i maybe beth just feels slighted i mean <laughs> to, to boil it down she does uh when juno is backing away from her she does grasp onto that lovely feather necklace that yeah. we yeah it's a bit of a motif that gets worn thin pretty quickly but she does grab onto that so she has that in her hand in her dying grip we're pretty mm-hmm. sure she's down for the count too right but maybe she feels slighted. Have you ever dealt with somebody who like, you know, you're walking along and you step on their shoelace by accident because you're both just walking along and they hadn't tied their shoelace and they trip and fall. And then for the rest of the fucking month,
0: all you hear about that day that you trip them? No. Although one time I was camping and I and I walked past this woman uh, and I accidentally hit her in the face with my shoulder because uh, I'm a tree person and I knocked her glasses off of her face and her glasses dropped onto a rock and they definitely broke. Okay. And and I did not stop or really say anything.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Because I, I I just kind of thought, eh. You sh- didn't break the glasses, the glasses broke. The glasses broke. I did not break the glasses and we were crossing a bridge. There was, ro- there was not a lot of space between us. They should have waited. I'm bigger, therefore I go first. So Juno might've killed Beth, but she didn't murder her. No, she didn't murder her. It was a fucking accident. And and okay, so she died. Everyone else fucking sc- like I can't emphasize this enough. The only person that has actually been actively trying to save one another is Juno. Yeah. She yes, she made a, she fucked up. She they she brought them to an uncharted place. She lied. Um but that I feel like she's been trying to make up for it through the entire fucking movie. And this idea that she didn't say that she killed Beth to ev- anyone else, why would you? Like, like,
1: Well, there is one of the only arguments, is that at this point she's already come under fire for not being completely 100% honest and open with everybody about this goddamn plan to Spelunk in an uncharted fucking cave system. Why wouldn't she come to everyone and be like, okay, guys, there was a horrible accident, we're down, two people, Holly got dragged away, we all know this, this is acceptable to everybody, because she was basically near death. Now, I killed Beth by accident? Sorry? Sorry? Like, I don't know how you would fucking phrase it, but she needs to
0: tell everybody. She did tell that. She did say that Beth is dead. Yeah. That's really all they need to know. That is the most important information. And listen. But here's the thing. I was like, she probably just, you know, she was panicked. She's scared. She's just as scared as anybody else.
1: I would just guess that maybe one of them had seen me. So why lie about it? Why lie at all? Just when, if somebody had seen you, they could be testing you, which we get to see later on, you know, that come to fruition. But why not say I had killed them, they drug Holly away, and Beth spooked me, and I swung around and I killed her too. You know, I don't know. It
0: sounds terrible, but be honest, right? You you have a point there. Um, And also, they kind of have bigger problems, in my mind. And again, that kind of goes back to the the fact that when we get towards the end of the film, like, yeah, bye, Sarah. I was like, enjoy. And, yeah. and enjoy your fucking tomb. Anyways, so that's my thought on it. No, yeah. So, talking totally about level valid. of gore, we get to see through Holly's night vision camera Holly getting eaten by the cave creatures. Yeah,
1: which is fantastic. Because they have great. all scattered. They're kind of gotten split up by mm-hmm. this point um, in panic. And yeah. because there are many tunnels to choose from in this system, mm-hmm. and the creatures are in hot pursuit because there's more than one, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. There's probably about 20, maybe 30. We don't know.
1: Yeah, it's hard to guess because more keep coming. And by the end, we're guessing 20 to 30-ish. Yeah. Who
0: knows? Yeah, but I mean, li- listen, I'll put it up to you this way. They put a fucking dent in that population, that's They for sure. definitely
1: do. <laughs> but, you know, h- however long they've been feeding there, Sarah does find the first of a couple bone pits. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that seems to be the meal room, the mess hall.
0: Yeah, the, the it's call? the gushy one. Like it's, the gushy? It's super gushy. And when Sarah is faced with these things, we start learning a little bit about these creatures. We can, through observation, we can tell they are definitely blind. And if they're not totally, there's a couple of lines in the film where they say they're totally blind. I think that they might be able to discern vague shapes. I don't know if they're totally 100% blind.
1: And if they're totally 100% blind, why are they so worried about their headlamps being on?
0: Yeah, I, I think that they can... I, there might be a way for them to be able to at least tell light and darkness, um, if not like see vague shapes or outlines, or they are totally relying on because there definitely seems points when they're fighting that they the seems like the creatures can see them. Yeah. Uh, so, because at the end of the day, they're predators. Predators, generally speaking, in nature, have really strong vision, but. If this is something, we're to believe that these things have existed in total darkness, they still leave to hunt.
1: Yep, they do. So,
0: I don't know. I would say that their vision is very poor.
1: Or maybe some of them can see a little bit. The older ones maybe can't, and the younger ones maybe have been traversing outside a little more often and have a little bit of vision. Mm
0: -hmm. But they have very good sense of smell, very good uh, hearing. Hearing seems to be their big... Uh, advantage.
1: Yeah, they they liken it to like bats, and they do make weird clicking sounds when and
0: you screeches. get to sit there
1: and observe them for a little bit, which they do spend some time doing at this point because mm-hmm. we they came out of the fucking barn blazing these animals. It wasn't like we had that sneaky stalkery introduction to these creatures. We had a very short sneaky stalkery introduction to these car- these creatures. Then all of a sudden, they were all tearing our throats out and shit. We got pretty full frontal with these creatures. Mm -hmm. So now we have a little bit of a quiet lull where we get to see them slower, close up, uh, interacting, feeding. Mm -hmm. It's like a nature show.
0: (laughs) It is, if you think about it. Like
1: that time they put a camera into a beaver house. (laughs) I think it's called Beaverland. (laughs) National Film Board. Highly recommended.
0: (laughs) They could use Holly's camera footage as footage for like one of those uh those Canadian wetland videos.
1: Hinterland Who's Who? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the reedy pipe sound in my head now. Yeah, me too. Reason. That's
0: that's, yeah. that's that's someone should edit that at the beginning of of it and just like splice in all the scenes from the cave creatures.
1: The crawlers. The crawlers. Dwelling deep within the mountain sides of <laughs> northern Ontario, we find the crawlers, small family units tucked in amongst the caves and wetlands. Fully blind, they mostly find their prey by sniffing them out or listening. They find their way around the caves by making bat-like sonar clicks. <laughs> That's very good. Here Better. they are posing for their new goth band album called Deep Underground by the crawlers. <laughs> TheCrawlers.bandcamp.com.
0: <laughs> Better edit in that fucking read noise now. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> now, um, with this, we have some fractions here. Sam and, and Rebecca are often in their old thing, cuddling together. They have a, a, a glow stick. That's I, I love the lighting. By the way, when you when you're lighting with flares, you have these deep reds lighting entire sequences. Then you have greens lighting entire sequences. There's still the infrared camera, which is giving you more strong blacks and greens. The The lighting in this film is just impeccable. I absolutely love it. It
1: really, truly is. And we still get the sense that when the lights are out, it's pitched black, even though we can see our mm-hmm. actresses. Like, it, we do still get the sense that they can't see because of the way that they're feeling around and the way that their eyes are moving, right? Mm-hmm. We it, it does convey that, even though... The, the pickier viewers of the bunch could be like, well, where is that light coming from? Maybe explained away when Holly originally goes dashing off and breaks her fucking legs. She is tricked by the phosphorescence because there's a phosphorant moss or lichen that grows down there. Mm-hmm. So that could be another way that we would be tricked into thinking there's light down there. If you want to explain away some ambient light.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. And we're going to see, we've seen Juno kill these critters, but we've not seen Sarah kill these critters. And then that's going to change because she is going to curb stomp, literally, fucking a child, a, ch- a child, yeah. a little baby one. And then she is going to use, that was my first thought. I was like, you're surrounded by all these bones. There's got to be enough bones in here to create some implements. Like you, Like, just grab a fucking femur. Or something like that. You can bash someone's head in. Especially if it was like a femur of a bear or... And then Sarah says, okay, Wes, I will take you up on that offer and I will grab a femur and bash in
1: someone's brains with it. Yeah. Tally-ho! First she grabs a, yeah, like an antler and stabs the the kid. And then, yes, Curb stomps to use like the worst term ever. Totally fucking pops that kid's head like a cherry tomato. Yeah, she stomps on it. It's great. And then... From the darkness. From we got A mourning mother. Uh Uh-huh. Tits McGee is what I'd called it before. I don't know why she has her sex organs out in the wind and all the male creatures have, have modesty little, cloths. Little loin cloths. Little panties. Yeah. Little man panties, manties they call them. Uh sure, I guess filmmakers had to abide by some sort of modesty law. i have no fucking idea why there's not just dangling dicks all over the place like there ought to be not like they wear clothes Wes, i didn't fall off the turnip wagon yesterday i'm pretty sure these creatures don't wear fucking clothes do they watch fucking hbo too do they
0: fucking pay utility bills (laughs) no listen some sometimes movies I agree with you 100%. Th- there should be floppy creature dongs all over the place. Mm-hmm. If indeed they have floppy creature dongs, which I think since, you know, the the the, the lady has some boobs, yeah. then they probably have some floppy Dicks, because by the way, they're supposed to be like evolved humans or de evolved humans. So it depends on how you want to look depends, at it. Depends, say, from their point of view, they're righteously evolved. They're righteously Thank you evolved. Very much, sir. But yeah,
1: she is, um, she's not gravid either. She just has a decent, normal set of humanoid breasts. And the men, whether they have dangling dicks or not, they, they have some sort of genitalia, obviously, because they've created children, right? Yeah. And they were humanoid, so ergo dicks, but they're wearing fucking panties.
0: Yeah. And by the way, even if they were, uh, it was about their modesty. They're all blind.
1: Oh my God. Right. <laughs> that, or maybe it's the dangling is an issue. Rocks and dicks don't mix very well. So I could see them packing clay or something around their decks to keep everything mm. kind of still.
0: Also, the, the, there's an interesting fact about why humans wear clothes at all. Right. We're just, if the, The climate. We don't seem to be suited to live in any fucking climate except for very warm areas. So, I mean, I can imagine that these cold, damp caves, so perhaps it it, it adds a a modicum of of protection with with their buttocks and their penis.
1: Yeah. Like perhaps
0: that's what it is. If I could fathom a guess, I really just think it's probably. It was easier than just doing clever camera tricks and lighting to like make sure you never saw dong. But I would have just been like, put the dongs in.
1: Yeah, put the dongs in, or put like shriveled little Ken doll lack of
0: dongs. Like yeah, just like, tiny little. You're making up baby their entire dogs. bodies anyway. Yeah. You may as well just cover their dicks. They could look like little nipples. That's that could be what they got to work with. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not like a wrong turn. where We get to see them rutting yeah. or anything. So yeah. Anyway, that's enough about fucking creature dicks
0: for today. (laughs) For today, we're going to get back into our 11-part series about creature dicks in our other podcast, Uh, you know, Dicks or No Dicks, I guess, is the name of it.
1: (laughs) Dongs Across America and beyond.
0: (laughs) And beyond.
1: (laughs) But yeah, so um, after she pops a child's head like a cherry, uh, Sarah, the morning mother herself, is face to face with a freshly mourning mother who yeah. goes full on angry mama bear like i pointed out and screeches and goes after her yeah
0: this is where she goes into the goo pit
1: yeah she runs away from the mother- mama bear and has that scene very similar to the one in the hills run red she splashes into a little crevasses filled with water and gore and blood it's basically just a blood pit
0: it's Could you imagine what that room fucking smells like
1: Oh, no, I try not to. I know that you do. (laughs) I'll leave that up to you. Yeah, I can imagine what it smells like.
0: And she's just, like, sitting there, nose underneath the fucking surface just like looking around and What's shit like a bigger
1: that? threat? Being wet with the blood in the gore pit or having that screaming Mimi tear your throat
0: out? You have a good point. And by the way, she is in the gore herself.
1: Yeah. So all of a sudden the uh mama comes blasting out of this fucking gore pit. So they're both covered in like water and muck and gross and bowels and fucking shit and piss
0: and blood, 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 so much of it. Yeah. Oh, so yeah.
1: what does she do? Grab a femur? you
0: said well it's not a femur but it's like a tooth or something. it's it looks to be it looks to be part of a bear skull and it seems to be a to- like one of its main like a
1: uh, mandible or something like yeah
0: like seems to be one I of thought its it
1: was main- an uh, an
0: uh, antler, it could be an antler too. I'm, I'm not exactly listen. I'm not a fucking bone expert. I don't know. It just the rhinoceros horn, a rhinoceros horn, you say. Yeah, uh, it could be that. Uh, anyways, she fucking gets it right in the head, and again, like this movie's got fucking blood and gore for days. I love it, it's so good. And then another dude shows up, like another cave creature. She fucking knocks out a third. It's like Sarah kills three of these fucking things in a row, yeah. In one scene, it's crazy. So who's more hardcore, Juno or Sarah? I still give it uh well, you know what? In terms of hardcore, I would give you know what, fuck it, I'll still give it to Juno because Juno because you wanna know something. I don't think Juno would would fucking have like a freak out moment when she got out of the cave. Mm-hmm. If she got out of the cave. I think Juno is just made of sterner stuff. I think Sarah is in a mode right now, yeah. but I think that mode will just shut off. And I think that uh, Juno's mode is almost... It's not even like, I must survive, I'm a fucking killer, and I'm too terrorized or whatever. It's like Juno just seems to be, I am not letting these things fucking kill me. I'm yep. going to live.
1: Yeah,
0: okay. okay. Yeah, yeah
1: so, I, I do agree with that. Yeah. Especially with the point that... Sarah is just reacting, she's in a mode, and it will shut off. Yeah. Yeah. And then she'll revert back to her meek and trembling self, because that's exactly. where she came from.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, she will, of course, encounter Beth. Beth will reach up after she's, by the way, she found an, an old lantern probably belonging to the that person that left the patent behind, yeah. as it was called. Yeah. and. She's not going to use the lantern. She's going to make a torch. She's, like, cutting shit away from Holly. Holly has been disemboweled. Yeah, Holly's
1: very dead. But they had used an axe hammer to splint her leg. So she removes that and uses it as a
0: torch. True. Mm -hmm. But what fucking emerges from the gore pile but Holly. Yeah. Or not Holly, but um, Beth. But Beth. And this sequence, I can understand Beth being mad that she got uh stabbed in the throat by juno yes and left for dead but the way that she tries to convey it and and sarah it's the don't trust her
1: yeah. okay that's that's a stretch and that's you know i like i flippantly said maybe she feels slighted maybe there's things we don't know i mean if we take into account everything that's done and said in part two yeah maybe there's things that we don't know yeah maybe bath has a big chip on her shoulder over Juno.
0: Uh, maybe she maybe she knew that Juno was... And Paul was a thing. Yeah. Because, and she's just like not saying anything.
1: Or we can just take what we're presented with in this film, which is what we're more apt to do, and Juno didn't do anything wrong.
0: Yeah.
1: It was an accident. Yeah. This is no grounds for saying... Don't trust her. She did this to me,
0: yeah, yeah. like again, and that's what that implies, right? Yeah, don't trust her. And look, I have her weird, stupid pendant that she got at chapters. and 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 that seems to be all Sarah needs. I was like, I was like, good for God's sakes, Beth seems to have lost. Five pints of fucking blood. She's not in her right fucking mind. Yeah, and 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 all of a sudden you're taking this person's word because you kind of don't even like Juno, anyways. And so what? Like, like what? Like, what does Sarah think? Is it because she left her? Because by the way, in this, in in a scene that's happening almost simultaneously, Juno won't leave without Sarah.
1: Exactly. So if she was that adamant about getting Holly to safety and failed yeah it wasn't her fault but she failed against these goddamn creatures Mm -hmm. then Beth happened and there was nothing she could do for Beth Beth looked as good as dead yeah I do agree with Juno leaving her at that point me too she looked as good as dead and yes she won't leave without Sarah she has tried twice at least to do whatever she fucking could to get people out of peril and out together and safe she's sticking with the Blondie One and Blondie Two.
0: <laughs> blondie One, Blondie Two. Yeah. yeah. Sam and Rebecca. Yeah.
1: yeah, she's sticking with them. She's not splitting off from them to go find Sarah on her own. This is not about ego. This is about getting together and getting out. So, you know, you got to kind of hand it to, to Juno for that. And I think that she's vilified unfairly. Although, I will go back to what you just said about how Beth has lost pints and pints of blood and is not in her right mind. okay. That helps a little bit. That helps sort of save Beth from seeming like a really cruel person, right?
0: Yeah, who's just like, no. Because the implication, the way that Beth says it, there is no other thing that you would determine. If this was any other movie and we saw a different scene, this would mean that Juno maliciously killed Beth either to give her time to escape the cave creatures or just because this was all... What an elaborate plan to fucking kill them all. Yeah. Like, I don't Cause know. Because Juno's
1: that crazy.
0: Yeah, because Juno is just a murderer for no reason. Yeah. That's what we're led to believe. Now, I will understand that Sarah's upset because she did have to now just bash best head in with a rock. Yeah. Gave, yeah. her, gave her gave her a good old whack.
1: She could have just walked away. I mean, that's maybe, I don't know, yeah, maybe was, more of a heartless thing to do, but that's sort of what Juno had done. Yeah, well, I mean. You're my, bleeding to death. I'm turning my back. I'm just going to go this way now.
0: You could easily say that, you know, Sarah was in a rock in a hard place. You
1: are a funny guy. <laughs> Yeah, she was between rock and a hard place and did put her friend out of her misery. (laughs) (sighs) Funny, funny. But yeah, so now
0: Sarah's pissed. She is pissed. And I I suppose it'll all be all right, because, I mean... she's
1: almost in revenge queen mode, though, which doesn't really fit necessarily, because the only thing to get revenge against are these creatures, and even so, it's a lot more... Intelligent to just forget about them and try and get out.
0: Yes, I, I was like, I, I was like, what are you going to do? Are you going to kill every creature that's in here? You don't know how many creatures are in here, and your primary problem is the fact that even let's say you do kill all of these creatures you still don't know how to fucking get out. Nobody knows anything. So wouldn't it be best to try to find the others, try to pull your resources, try to get out? Because Juno, by the way, has noticed that a that a, a path has been marked by whomever was here before. Arrows. All you got to do is follow them backwards because
1: they started marking arrows going toward wherever they were going. They're marking arrows as they went in. Yeah. So
0: follow them back. Exactly. Yeah. So that seems to be Sam and Rebecca and now Juno's plan. It's going to go tits up because the cave creatures are going to assault again. Sam is going to get stuck, repelled into an area and she's just trying to get the fuck out of there. She, again, exhibiting some cool upper body strength too. She's able to do it. But the problem is, is that they don't have enough. They're running out of gear. Yeah. They don't have the gear to do the things that they need to do.
1: They're running out of carabiners. They're running out of cams. They're running out of rope. They're running out of everything.
0: Yeah. And, like, who knows how long they've been in the cave at this point? They've all only had, like, f- fucking apples and granola bars and shit like that because, you know. That's the kind of food that you can bring with you. They were probably only planning to be gone for like half a day. Yeah. Um, so Sam gets stuck sort of suspended in, in the middle of this crevice mm.
1: between two entrances and over top of a, a gigantic crevice. like who knows how far down this thing goes? because mm-hmm. they had tested the other one. I don't know if they've tested this. they threw a rock down the other one that hit a hard surface. They didn't throw anything down this one yet. But who cares how far down it is? There's a creature there, and poor Sam is stuck suspended with no gear, no way to go back, no way to go forward. All she's got is her, a creature, and a fucking knife in her teeth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the creature does tear out a throat. And Sam, we can say anything. We kind of, like, you know, came down on Sam a little bit. She is the meeker of the bunch. She seems to be the most prone to panicking, the most uncertain of them, the least experienced in this adventurer's lifestyle. But she fucking delivers. Uh, a, a, a haikukuri level of a samurai can still perform one act of certainty even though his head is cut off, maneuver which I fucking respect the hell out of gushing blood pouring all over herself, she fucking has enough uh, presence of mind to cradle this fucking cave creature and knife that motherfucker, that dude drops down the fucking uh, uh, opening and then she that literally her one act of certainty. Blah, she's
1: yeah, dead. Last breath and yeah, she's So that's bad. Hung from her midsection, arched backward, with her head hanging, opened up, pouring blood. It's a beautiful death scene, it really mm-hmm. is. Um, much to the surprise and horror of both Juno and Rebecca, mm-hmm. unbelievably shocked and appalled. Rebecca gets pulled backwards through the cave yeah, gets away. Disavowed. So Juno's suddenly alone. Oh yeah. yeah. D- which looks like the creature's Zerberting her stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cute. If you watch it that way of like... You know, the actor dressed up like a yeah, creature. Like, like how do I do this? I don't know. I'm just zerber her stomach, basically. Well, like, there's lots of blood. No one will know that you're just going. <laughs> <laughs> Probably
0: tickled like fucking crazy. Yeah, I'll Um, know. Juno does a fucking straight up leap of faith. She doesn't even know where she's jumping. She might be jumping to her fucking death. She doesn't know.
1: Yeah, death's better than getting zerbered to d- death by a fucking gummy <laughs> fucking toothpaste there. So,
0: yeah, she splashes into water below. Mm, she does. And that cave creature that Sam almost killed wasn't entirely dead, but she manages to grab that knife, gut that motherfucker, and don't you worry, don't you fret, because here is
1: Sarah, Sarah to Sarah the rescue.
0: Sarah to the rescue. Looking cool. Her, her very blonde hair is all drenched in blood these days. There's and-
1: something wonderful about a strawberry blonde or a ginger by any other name with those stark blue eyes just absolutely
0: coated in blood. Yeah, it looks good. And these guys got to work together. They got to get the fuck out of this cave. But not before the hottest goth band is about to drop their fucking latest album.
1: I almost want to take a screen cap of that and add it to the the meme that Chris had alerted me to the other day. Flock of Smeagol's. Had you seen that one (laughs) circulating the interwebs? No. Oh, well. Well... Direct your attention, one and all, to the internet and type in flock of Smeagol's. And that's basically what we're greeted to. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah, a flock of Smeagol's. They are posed in this cave waiting on Sarah and Juno. But the way they're posed is just way too cool for school. Oh, my
0: God. They're, 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 you can imagine. I'm guessing that in terms of like the cave creature colony... That we've got going on here these were probably like the teens yeah. the teen guys and so they were, they were like okay guys they're coming they're coming all right everyone we practice this we they, they were practicing this pose and then just like you know act casual and they're all just like fucking act like casual. trying to look as fucking they're just all mean mugging like they're about to drop a fucking album like it's crazy yeah. Yeah. i love this sequence this entire sequence by the way of uh this is um, in the the, the, the tropeverse, this is referred to as back-to-back badasses where you have two characters basically just laying waste to these fucking cave creatures. And this scene is as action-packed and as gory as you ever want a fucking scene in a horror movie to be.
1: It's, it's amazing. And it is the last time that they will ever work together in tandem, these two so-called friends. Yeah. And it may be the closest that they've
0: been in a year. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and and I mean, you are getting like torches and mouths and fucking double thumbs in eyes. Oh, it's squishy and gushy. And there's oh. blood flying absolutely everywhere. Yeah, it's fucking badass. And these guys, they kill each. They they they, they kill all these fucking cave creatures. In, in in one of my favorite fucking scenes in this movie. I've known I've said that like ten times already. But one of my favorite sequences in this entire movie. And then they have this moment between each other. And Sarah does the most buck wild, I don't fucking get this. I know you're mad, but you're so wrong about what happened. Yeah. And 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 if anyone, and, and if this is because of the subtlety, the fact that she always thought that Juno was diddling her husband, or if she just thinks that Juno, for some fucking unknown, unexplainable reason, killed beth deliberately or left her without thinking that she was already dead
1: or led them all there on purpose for this to happen for
0: this to happen like as if she would fucking know i don't know but sarah does the most heinous deliberate malicious act that any one of these characters does against each other and she basically fucking stabs completely crippling juno's leg and 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 and, and, like and, and even juno not saying anything To Beth, like, like, like,
1: not trying to explain herself, not trying to uh, um, get out of her why
0: she's behaving like this. Yeah, it's 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 supposed to be. I here, I can see. I have the pendant that Beth tore off of you. I know that that you what? Yeah, I think that you killed her. So I'm going intent. You murdered her. You murdered her. And by the way, so Sarah, I guess you're just going to murder Juno. Because somehow, the, I don't know. Like it's just wild to me. Yeah. It's a fucking insane decision. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't really like the. Sarah. Why?
1: Why can't you know? Just say it was an
0: accident. It was an accident, and that would
1: probably tear our hearts out a little more, you know. And I think that that's part of the the appeal of this, mm-hmm. the appalling appeal of this, because you're inwardly screaming no, mm-hmm. if you're paying attention at all. At this point, you know Sarah is wrong. Yeah, to do this. I agree. But it makes it all that more delicious perhaps.
0: Perhaps it does, but it also means that the the fate that uh, befalls Sarah for as, as far as we know, given uh, th- this movie, let, let's just assume there's no sequel at this point, no one has any. No sequel and it ends the way that it it, 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 it ends the way that end. it ends. Sarah, that was I, I was like with two of you, you had a chance. And with one of you, you don't have a chance. And there goes your chance. So I hope you feel better. Why can't you just say we're going to you are going to answer for what I think you've done when we get out of here. But until we get out of here again, it's just it makes no sense. Which would be the more
1: humane thing of like, okay, we survived that. Let's get out of here and I'll deal with my feelings about what you have done later. Instead, Mm -hmm. it's no, I'm going to get revenge, I guess, right now. It seems
0: to be. Yeah.
1: I suppose she sort of deserves what she ends up with. Or at that point, she's lost absolutely everything, become a monster in her own right. Mm -hmm. And why? who would want to escape with those? She would have the worst post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. She would barely be able to rebuild her life. This would be haunting her. Mm -hmm. Much like the vision of Juno haunts her not too long from now.
0: Oh, man. I love that sequence. But... Uh cause she looks like fucking Kaiko in that scene.
1: Yeah. Really yeah, fucking sloppy.
0: cool. Um so there's a beautiful sequence that happens here.
1: My number one favorite scene in the entire film, mm. really.
0: You could do you could like have like a poster of this.
1: I would love a poster of this. I would love an oil painting of this. A yeah. huge mural. Mm-hmm. Every street should be adorned with this mural. Just a It's a giant bone pit. It's one of many bone pits, but this is the bleached old bones bone pit. Mm-hmm. The pretty bone pit, I will mm-hmm. call it. Mm-hmm. And it is just a cascading hill of bleached bones of animals, humans, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Sarah is scrambling up it because she has seen a glint of sunlight.
0: Sunlight. And, and the, the way that this is shot is that a Dutch tilt and at the same time... It's at a profile oh, cool. shot. You can. It's black on either side, with just the bones being lit. As it's almost crawl among, crawl atop this death, and you will find fucking salvation.
1: Yeah, this one shaft of light is lighting the bones and Sarah herself, and that is it.
0: Yeah, and she pushes her way out through the. And this is a great sequence too. Um, it's it's really a, a relief, a relief of. Uh, freedom that you get almost like in dead snow where where that one lady like pushes her hand through the snow collapse and finally gets out and you think she might have like suffocated in there yeah sarah's gulping air and scrambling out of here in her
1: torn clothes covered Mm -hmm. in blood still and you really get that sense of oh my god i'm free
0: yeah and she even has a few moments where she's almost maniacally laughing at the skylight and 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 she finally makes it back to her SUV, drives down the road, and is just fucking driving. Driving out of those fucking woods, just doing everything that she can to get us far away from that fucking cave. Because I would instantly just start thinking, okay, great, once the sun sets, like... How, what's stopping like the cave creatures from getting? I was like, you could almost do a movie where they were just at that cabin and the cave creatures have come out of the caves and they like, cause they've, there's human bones in there. That means that they're snatching people that are going into those woods. Yeah. So, yeah. you could do something like that. But anyway. That or they wait for anything
1: to venture into the cave, and they don't actually leave the cave. Maybe that was just a supposition on Juno's behalf.
0: True, it's it's absolutely true. That could, could be, be a fact. We don't
1: really. But know. either way, yeah. at this point, we're so on edge that there could be a creature in the glove box. In you the know, glove box. and it wouldn't surprise us. We'd just be, you know, back into fight mode. And so would Sarah be? She stopped to have a puke because holy fucking shit,
0: I would too. Yeah, like she fucking gets sick when she's watching Holly get eaten, as yeah. you would. Yeah. Um. When. Which is, again, super realistic. Yeah. Uh, Well, she's going to have another dream.
1: She turns around and sees the ghost of Juno, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I, I believe that the American film stops there. So many, many people may have only watched up until this point. Just fucking cut, fade to black, roll credits.
0: So as I understand it... The original ending of this film was just considered too bleak. Yeah. Uh, That has been an excuse for horror films throughout the years. Yeah. Um, Many reshoots. Many reshoots, um, and and you hear about it later, and you always think... You would always go with the bleaker ending, but sometimes... Filmmakers, or more importantly studios, depending on how much shit is behind this stuff, the money, generally speaking, the money looks at it and says, well, I want people to like leave this theater feeling that there's hope in the world. And we're not all just sad. and going to die one day. But the original vision of this film is a lot more appropriate. And that's how come, you know, the second movie, like I said, has its moments. Uh, I I really just think that the scent should just be viewed as this one single entity um, because this ending is so perfect to me. Again, she is diluting the fact that uh, her daughter has a birthday cake and she is looking at her daughter, smiling at her, kneeling in a cave and it pans out. And it's just her just looking at a torch and she's by herself and we just pan out and it's just this impossible vastness of the cave that she's still trapped in.
1: Yeah, And that is the Fade to Black. And roll credits. She is trapped forever and likely going to die soon.
0: Yeah, die, either be killed by the creatures or starve to death or whatever.
1: The other thing that is sort of ruined by the omission of this particular ending where she does not make it out alive is after she comes to, or right before she comes to in the hospital and One or two other scenes through this movie, while she's in the caves, when she's knocked out and um, in the bone pit, one of the bone pits, she hallucinates or has a remembrance or is dreaming of a birthday that may or may not have ever happened uh, of her daughter. And a cake is being served. And you can see the candles and it says, happy birthday, Jessica. So those scenes would make no sense and have no real, not quite as much of a punch Without this ending, because, yeah, she remembers a birthday that may or may not have happened Yeah. her daughter. Okay, that's that's cute. Are you just reinforcing that she was a mom once or something? But when you bring in this ending as well, where that's where it ends, that was her happy moment. That was the uh, th- something that either she didn't get to do, and mm-hmm. it was the ultimate ripoff in her life, or the last time that she was happy. Mm-hmm. Who knows? um we get to see a glimpse into that i thought it was a little bit when i first watched it cow towing to that you know motherhood and that's all that women are worth and that's what of course what's on her mind because everything that she's done by herself while she's been in this cave let alone the rest of her life doesn't mean anything except daughter's birthday and that was sort of bothersome to me but mm-hmm. i get it how it works and how it would be a very soothing dreamland to mm-hmm. remain in while these creatures descend on you and tear your throat out
0: and now that i think about it at no point in her happy memories is her husband yeah ever in them
1: when she wakes up in the hospital she's not crying for her husband she's yeah. all about the daughter so yeah. maybe he she knows, wasn't that she, important she, she
0: or she knew the, about drama. his infidelity she knows very pretty
1: Juno is very pretty, and in fact, all of them are.
0: That's true. Yes, I'll give you
1: that. They're all wonderfully, wonderfully, you know, kept fit, smart, enchanting women. All of them. And that's another thing I like about this is that it's not put on. They're not the Spice Girls at all. Yes. Thank
0: God. (laughs) Although the final photo of them that we see together as the credits roll, very Spice Girls-esque. Yeah, it's more Diet Love Pass Incident-esque. Oh uh, well, all right, all right, I all right think. All right. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing Devil's Pass now uh, after that, because it's all wintry. But we're going to get back into some nicer weather.
0: Yeah, so what do we got next for
1: him Coming up next, we have The Ritual, mm. which is a great counterpart, I think, to this film. A group of guys go off into the wilderness to try and bring another one of them around again.
0: Yeah, after, you know, there's there was an incident, and there's death, and there's you know, backpacks and there's gear and there's forests and there's antlers gods yeah. and there's immortality and there's all kinds of fucking crazy things. Yeah. And we get a little more creature. We get a little bit more creature. Very interesting creature design, a creature design that I've never seen before.
1: Uh-huh. I liked it very, very much. Hmm. So yeah, that is that. I don't know what we have coming up after the ritual, because I am not to be trusted with the docket right now.
0: Yeah, every time you think about the next episode of Dead Air, you just think about a, a child coming towards you with a birthday cake, and then a pipe goes to your brain. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm last Knight. And
1: I'm Typical Lydia.
0: And you've been listening to Dead Air.